Hi guys, Princess here, and it's another episode of Buy Pumpkin. And this time, I have the incomparable, the iconic, Troy McEady. Troy, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. I am like beyond, I don't, I don't even have the words. I actually don't possess them. I'm just going to be silent the whole episode because I don't have the words. And this is, I can't believe you're saying that because one of, people always ask me like, what are you going to have Troy on your show? And I, the reason I don't ask you is because I think of you as a celebrity. It would oh be my. like, it would be like me being like, oh, let me just text Julia Roberts and see if she wants to watch <laughs> oh my kids. <laughs> Same on, Jules. Same career. Same I can see why I could see why you would think that. Yeah. You probably get mistaken for her all the time, but I'm just like, what do you mean? I'm just gonna text Troy and see if he wants to be on a podcast. That's crazy. <laughs> I would literally talk to you for eight hours about like any topic in the entire world. I'm not kidding. I'm obsessed with you. Well, I don't know how to get unstarstruck because you're just like you're literally the most famous person I have ever met. And, oh my God, <laughs> and I haven't even met you. And I listen to you every fucking week and so it feels very weird even though like i've been on your podcast it just feels yeah. it would be like me somehow getting on the ellen show for like a viral oh tweet God. and then people being like why don't you just ask ellen i'll be like i don't know ellen i just a producer called me <laughs> i don't Listen, know ellen i am sitting in my dining room in literally probably the dirtiest t-shirt i own like <laughs> like it, this shirt could be tested for like new like, this will be the new, like, COVID-20 is going to spawn <laughs> from this shirt's bacteria. I am a trash bucket, so. <laughs> it's good to know. It's good to know. Because today, we're going to be talking about trash buckets, a.k.a. Yes. the goddies, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to know about your relationship to growing up, Gotti. Did you watch it real time? Did, which one of those boys did you want to have sex with when they turned 18? <laughs> which, yes. Like, what was your relationship to the show? So this show came out when I was, I was, I want to, cause this is like 2004. I graduated high school in 06. So I was like, this was like peak reality TV time for me. Like, cause I was in high school. I was like acquiring my own reality TV taste. It wasn't just, you know, stuff my mom wanted to watch, AKA the real world. <laughs> so I well, imagine was, being so young that your mom was watching the real world. I was watching the real world in my room as it, I was probably in middle school when it started. And I remember, I'm, I don't know her name was, but it was that white girl with the bad skin arguing with Kevin about what racism was. And I was mm, like, yes, I was like riveting. This is riveting. <laughs> yes. Well, I was grateful. My mom really like got me into, like my mom like taught me highbrow, lowbrow reality TV at a young age, kind of, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So she was like super, super into all the shows. And this was like, I was obsessed with this show, obsessed. I was obsessed with Victoria. I've always loved her. Um, at the time I found every one of these, the, these young men very strapping on the show. It is disgusting. <laughs> they look fuckers. Um, and yeah, I, I loved it. I loved this show. I watched it in real time. Um, and I was obsessed with like, uh, I think, Prior to this, the only thing I had seen that, like, exploited Guido culture was True Life. Mm. Yes. So, this I was, was like, probably after True Life, I'm getting married. And that guy yeah. was like, I'm going to cut you like a fish. Yeah. Because I'm going to fucking take it, though. Pull it back. <laughs> take a knife. 
Yeah. So I was like, oh, and also um, True Life, I'm going, I'm getting a shore house. <gasps> yes. Yes. That was right? good. So why the fuck can't we watch these older True Life episodes? This is bullshit. It's absurd to me. MTV is literally so dumb. I'm so annoyed that I'm not in charge of their marketing. They don't even know what we want. I, I don't, don't know. Now, I know this is going to hurt some people, but I don't give a fuck about Siesta Key. What I want... No, no, uh, <laughs> and whoever that hurts should be hurt by it. You deserve, <laughs> to, you deserve to be hurt by that. What I want is these old fucking True Life episodes that I used to watch eating cereal, after school, like... yeah. I need these back in my life. Like some of this shit informed what I thought the world was. That true life I've yeah. been married. Like Jesus. Oh my God. I've been saying for years that I think MTV should do a, I know that they have a retro channel, but it's like not like I want them to do a real retro MTV channel where they air the real world and road rules and Man. diary aid making the video. And I think every day they should air like a block of TRL. Yes. Right? They would get so... I I don't know. I But MTV thinks... Like, MTV is much like... Um, you know how pop stars, when they first... Uh, you know pop stars. When they first get out there, they get these, like, young kids that's their fans. And then yeah. when they're doing their comeback, they think they're going to get young kids as their fans, which is not true. You're going to mm -hmm. get my old ass, who remembers you when you were young. So you got to right. play to me. And so yes. MTV, like... God, yes. I don't know if MTV knows this, but these young kids don't watch TV. So, right. like, they're not watching your channel. It's me telling my kids they have to take a nap for four hours so I can watch Made. That's who it yes. is. So you gotta yeah. cater to me. Jesus. Stop trying to be young and hip. Like, just stop. Yeah. Stop trying to be young and hip. We made you. We are the, mm -hmm. like, we are the MTV generation. We made you. These kids know you as the Teen Mom channel, and that's it. Exactly. That's and it. And if MTV wants to reach these new kids, they need to get a YouTube. They need to start vlogging. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they need to fucking do. Literally. None of this. Oh, you know, oh, by the way, guys, if you're listening to this in the future, right now, <laughs> Troy is on Dunzo, on his podcast, is doing a series on Bobby and Whitney. And yeah. it has spiraled me because <laughs> I am now listening to Bobby Brown's audiobook. Um, I listened to Robin Crawford's audiobook. Um, Robin Crawford should never have read her audiobook. I don't know why they let her, but Bobby <laughs> Brown doesn't even know how to read. I, I listened to you say that. Wait, so Bobby Brown reads like me? Rob, Bobby Brown, you know how when you're reading, you kind of have to kind of know how the sentence ends? He never right. knows. He's like, he's... <laughs> Oh he's so fucking bad. His pauses are terrible. He says Valentine's Day and no one corrects him. Like, listen, that's valid. Valentine's Day. I knew. I know what you're saying. Some people say it that way. But the fact that someone produced an audiobook where someone said Valentine's Day took weird pauses. You can hear him breathing like it's my podcast. It, it's oh, fucking. Oh. No. I was like, how much money did you save on this? Why would you do this? And I kept, like, the first 20 minutes, I kept going, Princess, turn this shit off. Princess, turn it off. And I was like, no, I got to get the juice. I want to hear about him fucking that ghost again. And I got to hear it. <laughs> and so it's good. Now, I keep telling you guys, 
I believe Bobby Brown believes what he's saying, and <laughs> that's fine. I just like on the on his movie, like, and he talks about this in his book. Whitney does in his book. He has a scene where he has a seizure after smoking crack. I mean, he's cooking crack, sniffing heroin, drinking a beer, drinking Hennessy, and he just uh, and he was smoking like a um, a joint with crack in it. So he has a seizure. Okay, <laughs> I mean, why like, I had a seizure thinking about that. That's yeah, what like what the fuck? But as he lays to the ground, Whitney lifts up, gets the crack out of his hand, and moonwalks out of the room singing and dancing to do the crack. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I love is that I can picture I can picture every single movement Whitney made out of that room. It was so good. I mean, I think he's lying about quite a few things. Some of the things he's saying just don't make no fucking sense. So it's probably a lie. I think Robin Crawford's book is really good. I she's very believable in a lot of ways. And yeah. Um, but you sent me spiraling. All I've listened to is Whitney Houston music. I <laughs> I went What's on a Bobby Whitney Brown song? tear. Ugh. What'd you say? What's your favorite Whitney song? Uh, Where Do Broken Hearts Go? Oh, gorgeous. Beautiful. And, Love prom Whitney. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. And, and like, <laughs> if you, you had asked me not too long ago what my favorite song was, I would have been like, I don't know. I want to dance with somebody, but then I realized that I will just walk around the house singing Where Do Broken Hearts Go? And yeah. I was like, that's yeah, yeah, your yeah. favorite song. I mean, you have to speak to the one that actually speaks to you. Yeah. And my favorite Bobby Brown song is the one on the Ghostbusters 2 soundtrack that, <laughs> on our own. Oh my God, yes. I'm doing notes about that song right now. <laughs> it is my fucking favorite. And the video is just him and a light-skinned girl dancing with buildings behind him and on the buildings. Remember how they used to like do soundtrack songs and they just show scenes from the movie? Oh yes. Iconic. So the scenes are playing from Ghostbusters 2 behind Bobby Brown and his Gumby haircut. And like, (laughs) (laughs) I sometimes in the middle of the night, I, my husband will be like, are you coming to bed? And I'll be like, yeah, I'm coming. And I'm just watching new edition videos. Like, I mean, like, I, look, I've been on, like, a month, I guess, like, it's now been, like, a couple months, because I was doing this for, like, a month before I said that I was doing it, like, I announced it, Mm -hmm. so I've just been nonstop, just, like, in Whitney and Bobby content, and as somebody, okay, so, like, let me ask you this, as somebody who just read his book, yeah, like, I don't get, and I'm not saying that, like, it's for the public's consumption, like, I don't need Bobby to go on TV and, like, cry or whatever, but, like, I don't understand Bobby's, like, mourning or grieving process for losing his ex-wife and daughter. Like, God. I and he lost both his parents it. within, like, months before that. Yeah. Like, do you think that he just, like, do you get, like, a really big, is it different listening to his audiobook? Like, is he super, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I, I think that, I think there's no way he didn't grieve. Like, he was, I think... And the way he talks about in the book is that both his parent, like his father was dying of cancer. His mother just died while he was taking care of his father who was dying. And then his father died like a little bit later. And then Whitney died and then Bobby Christina died. And he says that 
he did not really grieve his parents until Whitney died. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with Bobby Christina, remember, he's in a legal fight the entire time. Right. Um, trying to keep Sissy Houston from making all these decisions. Like, there was a question about whether she should be taken off life support. And Bobby would not take her off. Like, he is moving her from hospice house to hospital to, like, because, you know, they have requirements for them to take care. Like, she has to be doing a certain amount of good. And, like, she would do good for a minute, and then she'd do bad, and they'd be like, we can't help her. And so he's in this legal battle with Sissy Houston. He is lost, just lost his parents. And regardless of what he talks, I mean, he talks about his his new wife, like she's the end all be all, which is nice because he's currently married to her. But mm-hmm. regardless of what he says, Whitney Houston is the biggest relationship he's ever had in his life. Um, yeah. He was 23 when he married her. God. I did. And she was what? I want to say six years older than him, maybe. And she was he was 23 and if you think britney and k-fed had it bad oh bobby God. and whitney like constant 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 media scrutiny yeah uh, and i mean this sounds like my bobby brown fan i'm not but i will say that bobby brown has all these first and all these onlys and all these record breakings and all these yeah like, bobby Bobby Brown says that when he married Whitney Houston, he had $50 million in the bank. Like her father asked to see his bank, (laughs) his bank slip. And that Whitney Houston, who had been um, carrying her parents, her brothers, her siblings, all these people, like she was, they had a, in Robin's book, she talks about across, Nippy Inc. is the name of her company. Near the house, they had an account with a gas station. And every person that ever crossed paths with, with Whitney would go over there and fill up their gas tank regularly. And she would just have to pay it. Like, <sighs> a third cousin would hear from a second cousin that, hey, you know, they, we get free gas over its own. So, And people would just, she was paying for people's condos. She was paying, her mother had a credit card in Whitney's name. She would just swipe, 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 swipe. Like, she was, and I'm not saying that Bobby's got his numbers right, because Bobby can't read, and I don't know if Bobby can count, but it makes a lot of sense that Bobby, who was touring non-fucking-stop through urban, you know, urban places, Right. had a lot of fucking money and from the touring not necessarily from his records he had the number one records out like he he was huge when he married Whitney Houston and Whitney Houston was was very big at the time but also you got to consider that she was being held down by a lot of people so he had a lot more money than she had and and Robin talks about this as well that she just her father would just show up and be like yeah, you're broke, like, three times a year, and be like, so you gotta go on tour, and that she would be, she didn't want to do all those movies that she did, she was, like, being forced into them, and Clive Davis would call her and be like, time to go to work, and just, like, here's an album, and you need to get, like, the more I hear about them, I wish Whitney had lived long enough to write herself a book, I know. That's what I think about all the time. I wish Whitney could tell her own story. Right. Because we're hearing this in, and like Sissy has a story and uh, Donna Houston and Pat Houston have a story. Like everybody's got like a, my experience with Whitney Houston. So I was thinking about this. Actually, Robin, I can't believe I'm doing your podcast right now. But (laughs) 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 
when Robert tells her love story with Whitney and Bobby tells his love story with Whitney, there are so many parallels. There's they both yeah. end up with women that they've known the entire time they knew Whitney, women that Whitney had been very jealous with. Like they it is so many parallels. It is so I don't know. I've I've just been on a journey. I've been like I love I love the fact that you're doing podcast this podcast because every time you do a subject, like you fuck me up every single time. Like I'll just be walking around going, you know, Mama June has had sex with a lot of pedophiles. And the next thing I know, you will just have a podcast episode about Mama June and her pedophiles. I'm like, how did Troy know that I was just thinking, like, it's weird to have to be in a relationship with one pedophile, but many that yeah. you, that molested your children i mean i i just don't know how that happens and here you are like this is how it happens princess stay tuned on friday i'll be dropping them i'm in like uh um i'm in like like the episode that's gonna come out and this is in the future but it's gonna air tomorrow mm-hmm. is like star spangled banner like you know 90s oh, yeah. er- whitney and bobby getting married and having yeah. bobby christina like the beginning and it's like even just as early as that, like ninety two ish, Whitney is beautiful, of course, mm-hmm. like, still gorgeous, but like looks like tired and run down and over it. And ninety two, like yeah. she was done and over it a little bit, like almost at the beginning. You know, yeah. she already just looks exhausted. She's like very worn in these interviews where she's just like, ugh, and they're asking her about what it's like to be famous, and she's like, it sucks. <laughs> what the fuck you want me to say? It that sucks. Sounds like Whitney. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it's horrible. Fame changes you. It sucks. Yeah, yeah. like, it's like, just really sad. According to Robin, she's a drug addict well before she meets Bobby Brown. Yeah. Like, Robin is trying to get her off, like, and Robin indulges with drugs with her well, but Robin is like, like they always say, this can't go with us. Like where we're going, this can't go with us in terms of like where the where our lives are going. But and Whitney says to Robin, I really admire that you can let it go. And like she was, now Bobby claims he never did coke to his wedding night. Girl, there's yeah. a, <laughs> there's a come on, Bobby. Bobby right. says that Whitney <laughs> told him that for the month before they're married, she he wanted her to he she wanted him to get it all out. So. Bobby gets a private plane and all his boys and goes from New York, Chicago, Miami, Paris, just fucking, fucking doing drugs. He has a story about a little person that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, did, is the Mike Tyson story in that book? Yes, it is. That Mike oh. Tyson story is in the book. Oh. <laughs> like, so he has a lot of. Again, I don't I don't necessarily believe everything. Some of the stuff I'm like, this doesn't even make sense. But I felt a lot of empathy towards Bobby listening to this book. I mean, mm-hmm. one, hearing him be illiterate was like, oh yeah, you never finished high school because they because you had to support your entire fucking family since you were 14 years old. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you started performing as literally as like a an elementary school child, basically. Yeah. And he never went back to high school. And that's one of the things he and Whitney had in common. Um, Whitney, uh, Whitney carried her. Troy, imagine if your mom, your grandma, every cousin you ever met for 10 seconds, all their siblings, all their children couldn't eat unless you went on tour. Like, you know how, like, so we didn't record 
earlier because you had to work a double at work but not like because you wanted to but because you were like princess i can't record because if i don't work this double my mom's lights are gonna get cut off you right like jesus christ I just, I can't imagine any of it at all. And when you start looking at Bobby's life and you start looking at Whitney's life, they had a lot of shit in common, man. Yeah. They had more in common than people would ever like to admit. Yes, 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 yes. But I always knew that because I grew up in a black family and I knew who Bobby Brown was. I knew who, like, this Uh, super important to us, like, waiting to excel coming out. Like, I saw that in the theater with my mom. Like, it's... Like, Whitney is so important to Black culture, and yeah. Bobby is, like, they were so important to us, and I can't, I I can't think of a white equivalent that, that, like, spans generations where, like, my mom's generation would be talking about Whitney and Bobby, I would be talking about Whitney and Bobby, like, I don't know a white couple... I mean, it's not Elizabeth Taylor and all her husbands. It's not that. It's not. It's not even Britney and K. Fed. Like no, it's, it's different than anything because Whitney. Like, first of all, like you said earlier, Whitney was like you know, Whitney and Bobby were both doing so many firsts. Like they were both so mm-hmm. like pioneering already. Yeah. So everything, and especially like after Whitney released the Bodyguard, it was like everything she did was the first time anybody who looked like her had ever done it. So it was so exciting. And on top of it, like, this thing about it was that Whitney lived up to her hype. Like, she was given, everybody collectively knew, like, Whitney was born with a talent that was, like, not human. She was born with a gift. Like, she Mm -hmm. was very, you know, honest about the fact that she was born with a gift. Her voice was given to her from God. Like, she knew that. So it was, like, you know, I don't think there is an equivalent. I don't think there's anybody that you really can compare to Whitney Houston, like, at yeah. all. Yeah. And I, like, I remember being in the backseat of my mom's car. Like, I, I I had to be in middle school or, like, fifth grade going to middle school. And something happened. Like, Whitney was played. Oh, she had a song called My Name Is Not Susan that we would sing when yeah. we were riding our bikes. <laughs> and, and Whitney was played, and then, like, something from Mariah Carey was played, and my mom was like, that was disrespectful. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> imagine talking beef. Well, imagine talking about beef between two pop stars with your mama. <laughs> like, it's, but that's what Whitney spanned those generations, so. Yeah. Is what it is. I'm really sorry. I just did your podcast here, but no, <laughs> I'm sorry that like I everywhere I go, I, I just like everything. I ruin everything. Like, Jesus. <laughs> no, you've been really enlightening my lives, and I'm well, my thank kids you. are singing Whitney Houston songs now. I kids, love that. I'm, I was like, I was trying to like <laughs> explain to him about "Don't Be Cruel." I was like, just so you know, he was really fucking hot when I was, like, in the fourth yeah. grade. Just so you know, people used to fight yeah. over who was going to be. He was in biker shorts and those skinny little legs. Oh, my Ugh, God. And his abs. I, that's why I made it a point to post some thirst trap Bobby pictures because I was yes. like, I need to, like, share, like, all of these, like, like, there are so many people who don't know that Bobby used to be hot, which is so sad. Bobby fucked Janet Jackson. I mean. Bobby fucked Lisa, uh, Lisa Ray from mm-hmm. Players Club. Like, I mean, but he talks about how Whitney cheated on him with Tupac and then yeah. had the nerve to cry all day when he died. <laughs> like, like <laughs> he's just like, bitch, I miss him too, but damn, I'm not the way you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. With Ray J. Ray J. Went... 
so Bobby's book also, I'm sorry, this is a, this is a commercial for Bobby's book, but Bobby's book also has interludes from his children, his brother, Tommy, who's a huge part of his, his um, career, uh, his wife, just various people that also give their, like, he'll tell a story and then there'll be a little part where they tell their side of the story. So okay, cool. you get stuff from like his kids talking about their relationship with Bobby Christina and things they were worried about and what, like ways that they interacted with people that Bobby didn't. And some of them contradict his stories and, but it's just like giving them their turn. But Tommy talks about the night Whitney died, Bobby sent Tommy to go get Bobby Christina, right? From the hotel, cause they were all in LA. And he had a really hard time getting there. And that, as he got to Bobby Christina, he's trying to get her to take her places. Nick Gordon is slipping in and out of the room. Bobby is, Bobby Christina is acting very weird afterwards. Like he's been, he's been giving her drugs. He describes that several of Whitney's entourage, she's dead now, right? And the public knows there's paparazzi everywhere. There's police everywhere. Several of Whitney's entourage and fucking Ray J were popping bottles in another room. Oh my like, God, stop. Getting stop. hyped, like still high as fuck, drunk as fuck. Bobby Christina is like catatonic laying on a bed. Cause remember she almost oh drowned and like Nick Gordon is giving her shit. Tommy's trying to get her out of there. People from the Houston camp are like, you can't leave with her. Ray J is just having a fucking ball. And I'm like, oh my God. And I know it's not, again, there's a question of credibility, but also like, I'm just imagining being there in these suite of rooms. The voice, the greatest voice of the our disrespect. generation is dead. Yeah, the disrespect. God. The fact that Bobby Christina has, is, is like, she can't, like, she's staring off into space. Like, he can't get her to speak at points. She's walking out of a room, walking in the room, begging for him to find her brother, Nick. And he's like, you don't have a brother, Nick. And she's like, she's talking about Nick Gordon. Like, it is insane, just the thought of that. And he talks, they also talk about, um, after this, we're going to have to start. We're going to have to actually do my podcast. But he also talks about, <laughs> He also talks about how uh, being Bobby Brown was a creation for Bobby Brown. And they didn't think Whitney Houston was going to be on it. But right. she she was on it. Some they, they were like, they didn't think her camp would let her be on it. But she was on it. And she thought she, they thought she looked bad. And he was in charge of Bobby's camp. He calls the people in charge of Nippy Inc., Whitney's camp, and says, do you want to see the video from this because we don't like, I don't want to just put this out. And so they started sending like dailies over to that, to her company, to her people to approve or disapprove. And everything you saw on being Bobby Brown, her looking disheveled, her hair, like cocked to the fucking side, right. the sweat was all approved by her camp. Every bit of it fuck me and i'm like they didn't this if anything else that i've heard about whitney houston i was like they didn't give a fuck about her no it was really going to be a show about bobby and his kids and his entourage so like you'd see whitney houston but she'd show up the way oprah would show up on on lindsey lohan's docuseries like not right like it would be a special moment if whitney was in a scene that's the way they envision it but she was like really like no i'm gonna I'm here and you're going to film me too. And, I'm going to support my man. Yeah, I'm here. I'm Mrs. Brown. Right, <laughs> so, exactly. Like that, 
And the fact that no, everyone was like, they, he said they never tried to discourage them from doing anything. They would review everything be like, yep, that's fine. That's fine. So what you see where it looks like Whitney is at her worst, every person that she paid on her payroll, including her mama and daddy and her brothers and their wives and children were all like, uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Put that on the TV. Well, I already uh, asked you, I'm definitely doing, um, I don't really know how I'm going to work this out. Cause it's like, I can't just like, I can't just alienate people who don't want to listen to me talk about Whitney Houston for like three or four months. Fuck em. <laughs> <laughs> but like, honestly, like I don't care. And I want to do being Bobby. Like I'm not going to not be able to do being Bobby Brown after I do all of this. I know. Maybe so, you should do it as a bonus episode for people who still like want to be on the ride. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So you're definitely doing that with me. Maybe Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure. So now let's get to this podcast that we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's Growing Up Gotti. We're doing Paul and the Family, which is season one, episode eight. This came out in 2004. And it's another blind date um, episode. And they did a blind date episode, the first episode of this season. So... I, but this, keep in mind, this is an A&E reality TV show in 2004. They recorded everything out of order. It was just, they just threw a bunch of shit at the wall and was like, we'll see what happens. And right. so yeah. some of these episodes are really disjointed. And I also feel like about three episodes in, they realized that the most important thing to be filming were the boys. Yeah. <laughs> like... They, this should be called the Gotti Boys. That's what the show should be called. And so they always intersperse um, whatever the boys were doing with whatever boring thing Victoria was doing. <laughs> Just like clips of them zooming in on Victoria's like house shoes a lot. <laughs> in her like Hanes socks scrunched down. Like that's like. In her such... kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's such like a thing. <laughs> she has such a specific like. It's so funny, like, going back and rewatching this, I always forget that Victoria had, like, a very specific look, even in her home. Yes. Like, and it, but her look is so strange. It's like, yeah, like, Ked's white, <laughs> like, Hanes socks and, like, little glasses. Like, just like, you know what I mean? And that weave was horrendous because the her hair weave. was so obvious. And I just, who did that to her? Why didn't anybody ever tell her that there is, in fact, this thing called blending? Oh, and I just feel like she, like, when she got her hair all done and it was curled and it was like, you know, it looked really good, but you got to buy the right hair that goes from curled to straight. Like, it's not, you can't just, like, then when you just let it be straight, it's very obvious it's not your hair. Like, yeah, and then she has those iconic bangs Oh those, God, like, bangs. weird bangs that, like, with that weird part that stopped in, like, 95, I feel, that she oh. just, like, kept going with. And it just cascades all the way down to her knees. Yeah, she's perpetually, her, her from the neck up, she perpetually looks like um, a yearbook photo from the early 90s. You know, like, you know what I mean? Yes, yes. Literally. Like, I'm, like, picturing her in, like, a soft black and white holding, like, a rose right now. Yes, yes. Or that blue background. Like, I just, it was too much. I, so we start off the episode with her yelling at Carmine that, why is Carmine getting ready? He's going to leave. He can't leave. He's in trouble. He's like, no, you got me mixed up with John. And 
which is and like I really don't like these children, but I really appreciate someone that'll be like, no, you got me mixed up with my brother. Like, yeah, I, yeah. To your okay. mother? <laughs> I know. We look alike. Know. It wasn't me, though. And so, but um, basically, she's like, no, I didn't, because John's in trouble, too. And then she goes and goes, John, aren't you in trouble? And John's like, no, I'm going out for my birthday. You know I'm supposed to go out for my birthday tonight. And he's like, All right, right. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going, he knows he's in trouble. But tonight he's yeah. going out and I make exceptions. Yeah, yeah, he knows he's in trouble. So you shut your mouth or you're extra in trouble. And I was just like, you're the worst mom. It's you're insane. The worst mom. I mean, you were literally, first of all, let's just assess the fact that she's standing in the middle of a circle of boys that are all screaming at her. And she's just turning around and pointing at all of them and screaming back. And they're like negotiating and bargaining with all these boys on if they should or shouldn't leave. And of course they all fucking leave. None of yeah. them respect her. Yeah, I I think that you and I are raised similar. Well, I have I have a stepfather, but I but we have we both have very young parents. Yeah, and that so there's a lot of things my mom my mom wasn't strict at all. She didn't care about a lot of things. Like yeah. I I never had a curfew. She would just lock her storm door and then I couldn't get in. So <laughs> and never at the same time. Like I just have to be it. It had to do with weather conditions, how tired she was from work. Like I just have to be like, oh shit there's a cold for it coming in. My mom's probably gonna lock the store. I gotta go, guys. I gotta go. Right. <laughs> so, but she didn't care about a lot of things, but right. the things she did care, if she if she told you you were not going anywhere, you you probably weren't going because, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I can't yeah. imagine my mom just being, me yelling back, you know, it's my birthday night, and she'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah, you go out tonight, you grab it tomorrow. Like, I can't imagine that. Yeah, like, my mom was the exact same way. She was not strict at all. I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't have a curfew. As long as she knew, like, generally what I was doing. Yeah. She was chill about it. But when it came to certain things, I just knew better. Mm. Like, yeah. there were just certain things that I would, like, there was, like, a line that I felt a little bit comfortable being, like, poke, poke, or certain things. Uh-huh. But, like, you know, things like that, where she'd be like, you can't do something. Yeah. I, there was no negotiating it for hours and like screaming in her face that I'm, you know, like I couldn't even fathom doing that. No. And then the, the thing that really set me off is all those, all their friends being there. Like if I had spoken to my mother in front of like oh my, my little God. friends, it would have been fucking, first of all, they wouldn't have been allowed in the house. She would have been like, get those fucking kids out of here. Yeah. I got enough kids. And then how dare, like, don't speak to me. Cause you think you're showing off for these fucking friends and I'll, I'll show off too. And yeah. I'll, fucking spank you at 17 yep. years old in front of these fucking kids oh yeah my, yeah my mom would have purposely embarrassed me and like belittled me really bad in front of everybody yeah, for sure I, mm-hmm. I, <sighs> I also but before they even get there like carmine's in the camera like looking at his hair and i was like carmine looks like a drag king like yeah <laughs> it's the eyebrows and the tan and the big blue eyes and and the very specific hair like i can see myself going to like a lesbian bar with someone doing yeah. a very specific gaudy boy drag king realness. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I, I like, I mentioned that, by the way, in my notes. I was like, I like that, um, I like this, like, 2003 to 2005 reality TV era where it's like, it's it, it's okay that they just acknowledge that there's a fucking camera in their face and yes. their house. Like, it's cool. Like, you know, it's not weird. There's no... It, they're on a show and they all acknowledge that they're on a show about their lives like i like that yeah yeah and they 
and these boys, like, even if you told them not to look in the camera, they you can't control them. They're a pack of oh. wild fucking animals. They are. They're terrifying. Oh. I, uh, so I'm going to do this in two parts. We're going to talk about Splish Splash, which I've been to many times. Okay. And, <laughs> and then we're going to talk about Victoria and her cupcakes. Okay. She <laughs> so, can't stop. She just can't. She just can't. And about this, this is about the time when cupcakes were big, like, mm-hmm. which is just, cupcakes are just small cakes. <laughs> so I have respect for them. But I'm just saying. They were chic, though. This was pre-donut. Yeah, yeah. This was pre-donut craze. This is like the cupcake. You know, when, this was like when it literally was like so chic and into, innovative to have cupcakes at your wedding instead of a cake. It was like, oh. wow. My God. It's the future. We're the Jetsons. This yes. is not a cake. These are yes. cupcakes. And it doesn't matter how dry those fucking cupcakes are. <laughs> right. Everyone's like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the kids decide to go to Splish Splash. And ha- this is how we find out. They all come down the stairs. They go outside. They talk about where's Quack Quack Brian or whatever, who's an idiot, by the way. And yeah. <laughs> they, they decide they're going to leave him if he doesn't come down. But he has to go talk to Victoria. And they're talking about how all the boys want to drive their own cars, right? And she's like, no, they're new drivers. Splish Splash, I have always been driven there, but it's like where around where they live, is, it's, it's a little ways. It's like, it's not up the street. And right. so she, she doesn't want them to do that. And then Brian's like, okay. So he goes and goes, too late. <laughs> like, they're gone. Yeah. And she's like, ugh. Like, and, she, and then she calls... Frankie and Frankie says that the reason they all want to drive their cars is because Quack Quack says he's leaving right after. And then so she starts yelling at Quack Quack. And I just think that's so interesting that we've seen him in a few episodes at this point. Like he went to Miami with them and he was doing all kinds of crazy shit down there. And Mm -hmm. she always yells at Quack Quack and not the kid. She's always like, this is Quack Quack's fault. Instead of saying, hey guys, you know I didn't want you all to drive. And it kind of doesn't matter what Quack Quack said. You could have come and talked to me about that. But you got, so she's like, <laughs> ugh, now it's Quack Quack's fault. And she can yell at him, but she can't do anything about her children. I, well, it's because he's a bumbling idiot. He's easy to, pro- to project on. Yeah, he doesn't ever say anything back to her either. He's just, she's he's just, just so like, dumb. Yeah. Like, it made me laugh so hard that it took him, like, 20 minutes to tell whatever dumb, st- like, whatever dumb shit he was trying to explain to her that was, like, annoying her. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end of the story, he's like, oh, man, I hope, I hope they didn't leave already. <laughs> I guess we'll seize. She's like, uh, could you get the fuck out of this room and go <laughs> raise my kids? And I also don't know why Quack Quack has to go with them because Carmine's 18, John's 17, and I'm assuming their friends are around the same age. And it's not unusual to be like 16 and up going to an amusement park by yourself. Yeah, for sure. Especially like a water park. Yeah. So he drives. So they've left him and he just goes and follows (laughs) them to the park. And instead of calling them on their phones, as he was driving there saying, hey, wait for me in the parking lot so we can all go in together. At least we know where the fuck we're going. He <laughs> asked the parking attendants, have you seen some kids in BMWs with spiked up hair? Yeah. Lots they of look gold chains. They look like they're from the city. No, they fucking don't. They look like they're from Long Island. They do not look like they're from fucking Manhattan. What no. What is with you? <laughs> he, thinks, he thinks the Gotti boys look like the kids on Gossip Girl. That's what he thinks. <laughs> 
these like real preppy types. Yeah, yeah. You know, they live they look they live in a pit house in Manhattan. Like, <laughs> no the fuck they don't, okay? They look love, like they got off a boat from Staten Island two minutes ago. Get out of here. <laughs> you know that the producers also were like, okay, so just keep repeating, I gotta <laughs> find these kids, I gotta find these boys. Just walk around and keep saying, Where are the boys? I need to find the boys. Because he literally says it. 34,000 times. Oh, I got to find these kids. I'll never <laughs> find these boys. Oh, man. I'll, there's so many kids here. I'm never going to find these kids. <laughs> so no. he, he finally sees them and decides to hop a fucking fence to get to them, which is in any amusement park you've ever been in, you cannot hop a fence to get into a line. Like, yeah. if there's a fence there, it's because it's like an area that it, it's not the area. They see and he him. basically uses the guy's shoulder to jump over it. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? They see him and are just, they don't even wave at him. They're just like, there's quack quack. <laughs> like, yeah. They think he's acting like he's a chaperone and they're acting like he's some dude that went to the, to the park with them or even didn't go with them. He just happens to be there at the same fucking time. Yeah. That's how they're acting. <laughs> They're like, what took you so long to get here? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I've been looking all over for you. It's been an hour. Where were you? I couldn't find you, kids. (laughs) So once he catches up to them, we get the splish flash montage. And like you just said, they focus on the weirdest things. They did a focus on their old Navy underwear. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? So weird. Like, Early reality TV is so weird because it's like you're literally watching it try and like find its like let like it's like pudding, yeah. you know what I mean? It doesn't know what it is yet. It's like what why were why did they zoom in on that guy's underwear? Yeah, and like it was like the editors were like, guys, you wanna wanna see this. You're gonna like you need yeah. to know they're having old and who am I to judge old navy? I'm sitting here in old navy couture head to toe. So like <laughs> Old Navy's got what I need, okay? It's fine. Same. I love Old Navy. <laughs> I actually just got a package from Old Navy with, like, mask in it, because they're making masks. But oh, cute. Their masks... They have, like, fire hydrants on them or something? No, they have, like, you think of the patterns of Old Navy clothes. <laughs> like, oh, like, cute. Or, so, and the, and the colors that Old Navy colors, the Old Navy clothes. So, and they make kid ones and stuff, and I was like... I guess this epidemic, this pep- the, this pandemic is going to last for a good 10 years. So I guess I should invest in some masks. We can like, yeah. you know, so that everyone has a bunch of them. But it went to my old house. So I was like, fuck. So I had to drive all the way to my old house. And it was, it's in a, a, a condo community. So they had an office. I go in there. Not one of those motherfuckers is wearing a mask. They're just chilling, eating Chipotle. And behind them, through the window, I can see people like just enjoying themselves in the pool. Meanwhile, I've got this big mask on. Also, I'm here to collect my mask. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in a hazmat suit, thank you. Yeah, and I'm like, hi, did you get a package, a mistaken package for someone named Princess? And they were like, yeah, we did. I was like, um, that's me. <laughs> it's like, they're like, ma'am, could you speak up? We can't hear you over that unnecessary mask you're wearing. Like bitches, it's not over. <laughs> yeah, it's not over just because people stop tweeting about it as much. You fucking idiots. <laughs> but that, but I was thinking about that when I was watching. I was like, oh my god, I love Old Navy. I love the fact that they want to talk about Old Navy. I just want to know 
how important that was to like the storyline. I started thinking about that. Well, I, I was thinking about COVID too because I, I anything I watched from the old times uh, <laughs> now it's like the only thing I focus on and just all those kids. First of all, water parks are. I mean, oh. even as a kid, I was like, I can't do it. I, I just, I just. You might as well can't. go in the ball pit at Chuck E. Cheese. Oh my God. All those kids in that wave pool in that scene. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. Oh. Ugh. Hundreds. So gross. So gross. Everybody's pissing in the water. Yeah. Um, my friend said she was at a, a water park. Uh, once and a Cheeto floated past her, and I was like, God, "You were lucky that wasn't a turd." <laughs> like, <laughs> oh God, it's so gross. Kids cannot be trusted in a body of water like that. No, 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 no. All right, but neither can Quack Quack because <laughs> they're all like enjoying themselves and doing shit that macho teenage boys are doing, and yeah. Quack Quack runs. Like, he's got someone on their shoulders, and the lifeguards are like, no, you can't do that, because there's a lot of fucking people here, so you can't. So they make him stop, and then he runs away. Like, you see all these people in, like, yellow polos (laughs) chasing him, and he (laughs) jumps into the water from an area you're not supposed to do any of that type of shit at. And they get him out, and they're like you ready to get kicked out? And he's like, why? And I'm like, you didn't just see, you were on the run a minute ago. What do you mean, why? You, like, dove off the roof into a pool filled with kids. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And so they finally end up kicking him out. And the boys are finding this very funny. Hilarious. And so he gets kicked out. He's pissed. And (laughs) there's a man with a mustache and a yellow polo that is over him. He's just like, you got to go. You got to get out. (laughs) And that's like. Get the fuck out of here, finally. You and your camera crew. (laughs) Yes, yes. How and that's the other thing is that like this B storyline is obviously there's a certain amount of like whimsy to it, but also you have to remember they have a camera crew following them. They got permission for from Splish Flash to film in there, and I I don't know how authentic Quack Quack getting kicked out was, or how authentic him walking around repeating to himself he has to find the boys just ask the producer that's standing next to you to radio the producer that's with them and tell yeah. them to meet you at so and so yeah like, like I feel like the producers purposely were like let's get him really lost because he's like our fool like he's like our jester <laughs> yeah. so let's get him lost and it'll be fun to film some footage of him just like wandering around and saying where are these kids yeah also, it doesn't, it's not lost on me that he kept saying that these spiked up hair and none of their hairs were spiked that day. Like, because they're going to a I know, pool. they're in a pool. I was thinking about that too. It was like, you idiot. God. He's like, they're really dry, wearing clothes, spiked hair. <laughs> they have on three-piece suits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they cut to them soaking wet hair slicked down to their face. Yeah. He, he's an idiot. <laughs> Yeah, he's just, like, so dumb. That's why Victoria bullies him. I get it. Yeah, but also, she keeps him around to bully him because, like, yeah. if this had happened, I'd be like, no, you can't go with my kids to Splish Flash. I trust them more than I trust you, so let them go. Yeah. And, yeah, my kids are six. But, yeah, that's fine. Let them go <laughs> yeah. by themselves. I don't want you driving them. 
All right, so let's talk about the A storyline, which is Victoria <laughs> has gained a few pounds. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, first, wait, 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 wait. First, she's got a blind date coming. Oh yeah, the date. Duh. Yeah, she's got a blind date, and so what we see first of that is her sitting on a bed girlishly flirting like i've never seen her act like this like the giggles she's kicking her little kids off the- i know oh that was cute yeah she's like yeah i'm not scared i'm not afraid of heights yeah you can surprise me mm-hmm. like <laughs> i was just oh my god i've never seen her like that and i don't know i just and frank isn't having it he's never seen her kick her little kids like that either he is concerned. He's like pacing. <laughs> He's lurking. He's like peeking through her door to see what time they're going. Yeah. Did your mom date when when you're? Because I know it was like it's it was you and your mom like growing up mostly, yeah. right? Yeah. So my mom, I never really knew my mom and dad to be like together together. Like I knew like my earliest memories of my parents being together was them like working it out. But like they were also literally like. 20 and 19 um so like whatever that even means and then my mom immediately got into another relationship like when I was maybe five or six and they've been together ever since okay so, so yeah I've only ever known her to be with two men <laughs> so have you ever like when your mom was getting with your stepdad were you ever like no bitch <laughs> oh fuck I mean even today I still, are you kidding I still have like Right before uh, I got on this call with you, Princess, I just called my mom and asked her where she thought she was going with her husband because yeah. I don't think <laughs> we're full like Norman Bates and like at 32 I just like lean in. I don't even I'm not even embarrassed anymore. So yeah, I have moments of being like, why didn't you answer my call? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk about um Chloe Kardashian's weave right now and you didn't yeah. answer my call. That was Yes, insane. I know it's Valentine's Day at 9 p.m. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're both we're like very creepy but yeah i i was like very territorial because she was like you know my best friend i was an only yeah. child she was young so it felt like i was like what the fuck's going on <laughs> i think frank's the youngest and that's really hard for him keep in mind my understanding is that their father's in prison at this time so yeah. like so like and also i listen to a lot of different um true crime podcasts podcast and podcast has a bunch of them that i really like because they're really scripted and um they talk about tangentially they talk about victoria Gotti and her husband carmine because one of the enforcers that worked for john jr and john Gotti used to have to go beat him because he would beat victoria and yeah, yeah he would have to like go over and be like did they tell you to stop beating her <laughs> and, he, and the guy would be like mind your business and so they, he'd have to like give him a beating real quick and that's from john <laughs> like, wow i'm like i'm re-watching the sopranos right now so i'm like very that feels very like at home for me right now right obviously don't ask her to leave the man just be like don't hit her so hard next time <laughs> yeah and like hide your gumans yeah don't be disrespectful with that woman exactly. that gave you hpv that you also gave to your wife don't be disrespectful <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so like when when frank is talking about he just wants his parents together like his parents have a violent marriage his father's in prison for the same shit that his grandfather and uncle and like and he's just like yeah i just want them together <laughs> yeah 
yeah, my grandfather's a murderer and so is my dad, but I don't know why my mom won't stay married to him. And he's yeah, also in prison. Like, why won't he stay married? She's being disrespectful. Yeah. That's why he had to hit her. Like that. Exactly. <laughs> so I so she start the date propels the rest of the storyline. Uh, so the next time we see her, she's eating cupcakes and she's like in a pile of discarded cupcake wrappers. <laughs> And I was like, been there, done that, bitch. Like, yes. I, like, I yeah. have done, once, so maybe four years ago, I, every day I'd stop at the grocery store. Here in Texas, it's called H-E-B, and it's like the best grocery store on earth. And they have a great bakery department, and they would bake these mini cheesecakes with like raspberries or Oreo cookies or whatever, but they're delicious. And I would go every single day around 3 p.m., and buy three of them. I would I claim that. I was buying them for my husband to also share, but I ate all three of them myself. And I did this daily for three weeks. And finally, what made me stop, Troy? I said, I go in, I go to the bakery counter. Uh, they're a little busy, so I just wait. And finally, I hear from the back, Gloria, Gloria, that black lady right there, she wants those three cheesecakes right there. Oh. She comes every day. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Gloria, that black no. lady right there. No. She ate three cheesecakes every day. I was like, ooh. Oh. I got to go. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would have, like, bent my keys in my hand. <laughs> and it's not that I didn't realize I was doing it. I did. I was like. Yeah, I, I, I was doing this, but the fact that someone had to tell Gloria about it, I was like, mm, I don't want Gloria knowing my business. So I didn't yeah. stop. Or everybody else in line. Yeah, they're all looking at me. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, yeah, I'm the black lady. <laughs> I'm the lady that eats, that eats cupcakes every day. <laughs> so like, I definitely um, identify with the fact that how you're just you're like i'm gonna have a cupcake and then you look up and you're covered in cupcake wrappers yeah i also love too that the producers are like can you give us a moment of holding your belly and showing that you've had too many cupcakes <laughs> yeah so she holds her belly and she just and there's a a man's voiceover during this part that i'm like because she's not talking the man is giving like exposition about how she's got a lot of cupcakes in her or something right yeah and so, so then she goes to weigh herself then, so she looks at the the scale doesn't like what it says and takes off her jewelry like, yeah <laughs> she like takes a gold cap out of her teeth and that reminds me of how like fat people are always like we'll like take off our clothes to weigh ourselves as You're if right. we think our clothes weigh 30 pounds yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> take off this hoodie real quick because that's didn't yeah. seem right. Yeah, this mm, I don't like that number. <laughs> Let me just take <laughs> <laughs> damn socks off. And she's not like um Victoria's not overweight by any means. In fact, she looks underweight to me. Yeah. Especially around her face and stuff. I always forget too that she has those giant engorged breasts. Oh my god. <laughs> They're so big. They're probably way fucking expired by now. Like I know. That's probably, on brand. <laughs> they're probably like doing a Tory spelling ass. Like yeah. hard as rocks. 
the tits never get anywhere near each other like they're in a fight like yeah. in a sibling feud. <laughs> just huge. two smound shiny circles yeah definitely pointing away from each other the nipples are like pointing all which aways like, <laughs> <laughs> like when she takes off her bra they don't move yeah they're just there like why they're are you even wearing a bra you don't need right. one they're just gonna like this, and she probably got her tits about the same time Tori Spelling got her tits. Think about that. Yeah, probably. She's just, that's just on brand for her to be one of those ladies that's had like, that has like 17 year old implants, you know? Yeah, yeah. And she doesn't understand why like her mouth tastes like metal all the time. And you're like, cause <laughs> those bitches, you need to get new tits. You need to take those things out. If they're there full is, of kitty litter they, we don't know what's in them they just put whatever they wanted to in them there's 80s silicone seeping through your body yeah Ugh. And, uh, okay so after she does her after she does her like three stooges bit with the with the with the, with the scale and the cup i mean honestly it literally it's like it literally is like tell a kid to give you like the expression of like being too full that's like what she was giving you for the camera yeah. it was like hold your belly Ooh. <laughs> well then she decides she's gonna go to a gym and she goes to the gym and you know it's like one of those nights it's not planet fitness uh, so right. <laughs> it's one of those nice gyms that they want to sit down and talk to you about your nutrition first and the shit she listed that she ate every day I was like is this my 600 pound life what are you talking about I do not believe you eat 20 piece chicken nuggets and a big mat and fries every day I do not believe you Victoria I know I know, I know that she's like she's like and well don't forget about the two Kit Kats <laughs> Two Kit Kats, 11 cupcakes. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. She said she ate 11 in a day. Oh, my God. Which, they come in a dozen. So what are you doing? Does Frank get one? What do you mean? Who eats the last one? <laughs> and they, the way that those cupcakes looked was that they were, like, that really, like, nightmarish, like, like, like sugary frosting that's, yes. like, not buttercream. Yeah, she looks like she made them at home. Ugh so gross just so much frosting Ugh. yeah i my husband doesn't respect cupcakes like okay. he th- he thinks that a cupcake is a little piece of cake with a smear of like icing on it and i was mm. like the icing is the cupcake like if that's the yeah. case we could just have a cake and cut a piece of it it has to be like mounds of that fucking frosting on top and then like some cake underneath it that's what it is yeah, and it needs to be good. Like, it's got to be good frosting because that's all it is, is frosting. Yeah, but her frosting didn't look good. No, it was that, like, birthday cake from Acme frosting. Like, just, yeah. ugh, like, foamy grossness. It looked like 12-year-old girls made it. You know how, like, yes, about 12, 13, you're just like, yeah, I could go in here and make a cake if I wanted to. And yeah, <laughs> I could be that woman if I want to be. Yeah, we could do I. I talk about this all the time. I got into a lesbian relationship when I was 11 years old because she owned a babysitting mafia business where she basically bullied everyone and like, like kneecapped people and like took over the babysitting business. And also she got me with food. She'd just be like, I'm going to bake brownies. And like the part, the part of the problem was that 
she was obviously exploring her sexuality, as was yeah. I, but she'd be like, I'm not gay, but let's kiss. <laughs> and I'd be like, Ugh. I don't, I was like, I don't know. She'd be like, you know, she's like, you know, this is so gay, but what if we just like walked around in just our bras? And I'd be like, I'm uncomfortable. I kind of want to go home. And she'd be like, I'm going to make brownies. And I'd be like, well, let me take this shirt off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could you get my zipper in the back? <laughs> she, I was like, she was always like wanting to do the weirdest shit and then say that she wasn't gay. And then she'd be like, and afterwards, I'm going to make hot chocolate with milk and real cocoa. And I'd be like, okay, well, I guess I'm into this. So (laughs) bras it is. (laughs) Like all the fucking time. She's the one that taught me to eat Doritos with cream cheese and live. Girl, it's the fattest fucking thing, but Mm -mm. I eat them with um, chip dip though. So I would literally do that. Yeah. Do it. Dip a Dorito in a little bit of cream cheese. I mean, it might Mm. be your last day on earth, but (laughs) yeah. So my heart literally good. just like beat twice to like try and stop me. Like, don't, don't you fucking do it. <laughs> do it, do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just had like this, like the, she, like I said, we were 11, 12-ish and she just got to the point where she could just bake whatever she wanted to in her kitchen. And my mom was a little stricter about that and she didn't really buy cake mixes and stuff. And so I'd be like, yeah, pop open that tub of frosting and I'm on my way. And if it means that you want to like, practice kissing for an hour before i can eat the cupcakes then here i come (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) seriously as long as i get to eat thank you yeah i was like yeah she just feel like cutting she and listen that girl's portions Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) i love that yeah that was like the beginning of me being like uh do i like girls or do i like cake which yeah, one is it? Love food. Like, what yeah. is it? Yeah, one of those things. All right. So she. So they tell. They do the. They do the nutritionist. Then she does the trial workout with kind of a meathead. But I don't really care about him. What I'm dying about is she changed into. She changed out of a white outfit into the exact same outfit in black with matching black kids. Yeah. <laughs> What is with her in in kids? I don't know. I I was trying to Troy. Can you think of a footwear choice that would have worked with her little outfits, though? Honestly, it's like the kids are so like they're so they they go hand in hand with her so much that it's like it's hard for me to even. It's either a kid or like a knee high boot. Okay. 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 I see what you're saying. Like, Do you know I, what I mean? I can't see her in gladiator sandals or anything like no. that. <laughs> no. I can't see her in a pair of Nikes. Like, that doesn't make sense. Doesn't make any sense. She's like listening to this going, guys, I've already been through this. I tried them all. The kids are the only thing that work. That's yeah. why, like, there's a reason you only see me in kids because that's what works, princess. Heads and scrunched socks all those scrunch socks oh my god i remember i used to scrunch my socks but i was in elementary school (laughs) exactly exactly and it was like a long fucking time ago like nobody was scrunching their socks in 2004 no i was 24 in 2004 there's no way i was scrunching socks then unless unless i was having a bad week (laughs) but 
say, though, I will be honest with you that during the time that I did scrunch my socks, I was extremely specific about it. I would sit in the mirror and tug and pull and, and like, you know what I mean? Like, because there was a, a certain amount of scrunch that you needed. Like, it couldn't be pulled up all the way and it couldn't be too far down. It had to be the perfect amount of, like, effortless looking scum. And they had to be even. You couldn't have like a big scrunch yes. here and a little scrunch over there. Yes. Oh my God, <laughs> scrunched socks. That is, uh, wow, that really makes you feel old. And then think about like the ones that had lots and lots of scrunch to them. Mm, like, mm-hmm. like, so there had some that were like a couple of scrunches, but then they had some that might as well have been leg warmers because they were just scrunched <laughs> to heaven. <Yes. laughs> like way thicker than your calf. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm thinking of like, for some reason, as soon as I think of these scrunch socks, I automatically think of like cheerleading. And now I'm thinking about that, the the head cheer coach from cheer. Like I'm thinking like, yes. that bitch has got a closet full of scrunch socks. I guarantee you <laughs> she does. Okay. My go-to look during my scrunch sock period was like, I loved like a neon pair of shorts, like, like bright yellow and orange, like a neon mm-hmm. green, um, some scrunch socks, some sneakers and like a crazy like bright yellow crazy like colored shirt like anything like tacky colored like i loved like neon orange and like neon green i looked like a highlighter all the time <laughs> you like to go in the, you like to step in a room and just be like i'm here yeah and it's the <laughs> 90s <laughs> well we're loving it aren't we girls <laughs> if you're a girl you also had to have a scrunchie on the top too oh yeah, yeah. yes I was always jealous of scrunchies yeah, man, me too. I didn't have hair like that. So, like, <laughs> I had a cherry curl. If I was wearing scrunch socks, I certainly had a cherry <laughs> curl to go with it. So, and I remember I had a friend who had really nice hair. Like, her mom, like, really doted on her hair and, and stuff. And she's like, I just want that cherry curl because every time you shake your head, it feels like it's raining. And I was like, it does. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, my face is soaking wet. I love it. <laughs> Shit, my cherry curl. Actually, I should put this on Instagram. My mom sent me a picture recently of me visiting my bio father in prison, and I have a jerry curl. I am wearing a uh, fanny pack. I have scrunch socks on in it. <laughs> it might as well be a time capsule. <laughs> yeah, you may as well be a like um, Forever Twenty One like Instagram post basically because yeah. that's all in style right now. That's true. I might I might as well be like on an episode of I Love the Nineties. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. All right. So she works out with with some meathead and but the next thing she decides to do after the gym <laughs> but this is this is what's funny. Okay. I feel like her blind date was like at the end of the week and she did all this shit this week. Like, she was like, I got a blind date. I don't like how much I weigh, so I'll go to a gym. And then I'll feel like that I won't weigh that anymore. And the next thing she does is go get Botox. Oh, yeah. Which I was thinking, the reason, like, I have no relation to Botox. And any, I, I don't know anybody who gets Botox. I don't get Botox. It would be, like, if someone suggested I got Botox, like, I'll be 40 this year. If someone was like, you should go get Botox, I'd be like, why? Like, why would I, why would I, like, it's not, it's not a thing in my world. But right. I know all about Botox because I watched reality TV show in the early aughts, and that's all they fucking did was go get yes. Botox. Botox parties. I mean, it was, like, so chic to, like, 
show on TV that you were getting Botox and then like the whole neat, like all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was like a, a trope um, mm-hmm. that we needed to make sure that people know that. Did you know that people stick needles in their skin and put botulism in there? Like it was. Yeah. Uh, and so when I'm watching this, this scene of it, I'm just, like, it reminds me of things like watching um, Jessica Simpson on the newlyweds. It reminds me of like watching shows like that where they'd be like, and we're going to do a crazy thing today. We're going to go to a doctor who's going to put needles in us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're so right. It was a, a reality TV trope for sure. And like them zooming in on the needle going in and the person like be- making a big deal about it. It's I feel like I've seen that on every show I've ever loved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were still doing it on um, Orange County, the Real Housewives of Orange County, mm-hmm. like maybe six years later, they were still doing the same trope on there. Oh, for sure. Botox party. Yeah. Um, so all of this is to get ready for a date. Okay. Now, when it's time for her to leave for her date, she sneaks out of the house. Because she says she's a single mom. She doesn't need to involve her kids in this. You know, just like basically keep your business to your business until it needs to be someone else's business. And which I agree with. But if we go back to the first fucking episode of this series, she had a blind date come over. She made all the boys line up to meet him. She made Frank go out and meet him in the limo. Frank goes out. The guy shakes, tries to shake his hand. Frank refuses, just starts gutturally screaming and runs back. <laughs> he, I said he looks like he sounds to me these kids sound to me like remember Coco that that ape that used to sign language oh and yeah it feels like Coco got tired of signing and was just like I'm gonna just talk about this shit that's how they're yeah. talking there's so much like that amount of testosterone sends a chill down my spine. It makes me physically ill. I can't. It's just too much male teenage energy. Yes. Ugh, I can't. I can't do it. I feel like I'm about to get bullied. Like every time that like. Yes. <laughs> For real. It's like walking through like a, a high school hallway every time they come on the screen. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. With those pop collars and they've got a brand new BMW and, and yeah. like you know, they can barely read and like, I'm supposed to pretend like I don't, I can't read so that they don't feel, they don't feel like, uh, bad about themselves and yes. then write the N word on my locker. Like, it yeah, like- very, that, very, that, very, very, that. So that's, you know what? Thank you, Troy, because I've been doing, this is, I, I think I've been doing eight episodes of this and I'm like, why don't I like these kids? Like, I hate them. Anytime they come on yeah. the screen, I'm like, I scrunch up. I'm like, I don't, when you described them as brute I was like ding 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 ding. there's no other word that you could possibly use to describe these fools yeah so so I wouldn't want to introduce my date to them either I also feel like if I was a single parent like how I'm getting my rocks off is my business like yeah why would I because I can imagine being a kid and like every time um my mom goes on a date being like wait is that gonna be my new dad because i don't i don't want that and right i don't know and her kids are very protective of her and i mean they don't have any type of home training it feels like they were 
raised by a pack of ghetto wild wolves or some sort and i yeah well plus they have that whole thing where it's like they think that like it's like that mob wives thing too where it's like they think they need to carry on the traditions of like their you know they're like mob connections or whatever so they need to like be tough or whatever which is like also really gross which they're like tough like melting ice cream there is no way yeah they would be involved in any kind and i'm not saying that when they got older maybe they didn't dabble in criminal activity and stuff but they're basically uh little anthony from the fucking sopranos where i'm like yes the last thing i want is little anthony pulling off a fucking heist because that kid is soft he's like fucking cream cheese like there's no he's not tony in any way no they're all totally incapable of even just like living yeah and this is back when like we used to be really um i mean the i think the big time for the mafia was in the 90s like that that's when it got a lot of press we you Mm -hmm. know and this is you know it's 2004 so it's coming right off the 90s and at this point hip-hop has decided it's the mafia and like we've got irv Gotti, we've you know what i'm saying like like every other person's rap name ends in corleone (laughs) yeah and they're all really i I talked about this in the jay-z episode they're all very specific to the italian mob yes like they all worship the italian mafia during this time Mm -hmm. which is like when you think about it kind of like take a step back and look at it it's like like it's just so weird and um specific and it's like first of all the italian mob doesn't want anything to do with us exactly i've been talking about this you know how mob wives karen gravano um is always talking about how her daughter might be involved in mob life i was like your daughter's black so no no yeah like like maybe maybe a couple of them were fuck her, but I guarantee you, yeah. she's not gonna be, like, she's not gonna, and also, she's the granddaughter of a major, major snitch. <laughs> like, yeah. There's, there's no fucking way. There's no fucking way. No. Like, yeah, you're exactly right. Like, they'll, yeah, they'll, they will, like, fuck her for sure, and, like, get a bunch of shit from it, because she's a black girl. Yeah, 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 that's it's incredibly racist. And, yeah. but, there's a I don't know if it's next season or whatever. There's an episode where Victoria is like chastising the kids because they went to the studio with a rapper and like they put them on the track and she's like they just want to use you for your like she's not saying what she wants to say is right. that these guys um want proximity to a Gotti. They're actually your name is not even Gotti, but okay. You're there. I think their last name is Angelone or something. It's weird, and because it's it's their father's last name, not Victoria's right. last name. But she's like basically, you know, you're out all night with these guys in the club or in the in the studio, and they're just using you and making fun of you for you know who you are. Yeah, like everybody wants to be a Gotti at this time. John Gotti was incredibly famous. Yeah, and that's why I'm so happy that you're doing this show because I feel like. Somehow, well, I know how. It's like Jersey Shore basically shit on any memories that people have of this show, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's as if it doesn't exist. But at the time, like, I re- I remember this being really popular. Like, they were phenomenons, these boys. They yes. were so famous for a while. And Victoria Gotti was so, she had a whole, like, resurgence where it was like, mm-hmm. the early 2000s was like Victoria Gotti time. She was yeah. always doing press tours and stuff and like i don't know 
yeah, yeah. the books and she was appearing on other reality shows. So yeah, yeah like girls would dry, found out where they lived and would drive by and put love letters in the mailbox. I was literally thinking like the amount of idiot girls that these boys hooked up with during this time. I cannot, I pray for everybody involved. <laughs> I pray too. I can, <sighs> like looking at them now, like at the time when I was watching this, so I was 24 when I was watching this. So obviously I had no sexual fantasies about these children, but I'm just <laughs> saying, <laughs> that's for the FBI listening. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying that like, I could see what's their type. Like I could see how someone could be attracted to them. Definitely. Oh, for sure. Like, absolutely. But because there are definitely like a childhood I didn't know. Like my childhood was like Payless and Super Kmart. And they had mm-hmm. like Aeropostale and like Yes. Aber- like that's what the- I could see that. And then also they had that extra, but we come from like a really we come from like a really uh mafia family and so like also we could get you whacked. Like I could see right all of that I can for see, sure yeah and but like yeah like imagine them going to upfronts right oh um, my god because they were huge for their network imagine them going to, to upfronts and like spending like the night in manhattan or something and meeting some girl like they go to a mall at one point a mall i believe i've been to and i think my sister-in-law works in the nordstrom in that mall like i was like i think i know this mall and so and they just meet these girls and imagine them walking through the mall halfway through the season is airing. Imagine yeah. that. I know. I was thinking about that with, um, like, I was thinking about what it would probably be like them at this, for them at this time, too, to leave the area, like, when they would, like, travel and have to do stuff in other cities yeah. because, like, Guido culture wasn't exploited yet. So this was very niche and, like, <laughs> You know, it was like, can you imagine a girl from Kentucky or something seeing these boys and being like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like seeing a hot alien (laughs) or something. (laughs) Exactly. When I lived in Chicago, I had to go to someone's wedding. So I was like in a, in a, uh, like a a hotel and like in the parking lot and like just, just like in the northern suburbs of Chicago. And this big truck rolled up. And like three chicks popped out with like crunchy curly hair and big bangs. And I oh was my like, God. I was like, yo, that is Indiana over there. That is yes. fucking. And I said, we gotta go. And they were like, where? I said, I don't wanna get lynched. I don't, I don't, I'm not dealing with this right now. I said, we need to get back to the city because we're too close to fucking Indiana right now. Yeah. And I don't, and, but I can imagine like, them rolling up and they're in a car, right? Because they're doing stuff for the show. They're not just out there. And right. them just like getting out and people being like, what the fuck is that over there? What, like, what is that? Like, where did those people come from? <laughs> like, like uh, imagine them being in LA at the time. Exactly. Like, imagine like girls their age from other parts of the country seeing them, seeing guys that look like them for the first time in their whole life. And, and they're cute. And they're cute and they're on TV and they were super famous at the time. And, you know, I mean, I can't even fathom. I really honestly can't even imagine what she was dealing with. I can't even, like, I don't, I can't even believe that you and I are sitting here on this podcast act, acting like if we weren't sitting in a Taco Bell and Carmine didn't walk up to us and be like, hey, you want to go out back behind the dumpster? We would have been like, yes, let's go. Uh, are you 
kidding me? I was literally like in love with them. I don't remember which one I liked the most. It was probably but I John. Do Everybody liked John the most. Yeah, I think it was John. Because he, how old was he? He was 16 on the show, right? He was 17. I think he turned 17 on the show. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense because he was like my exact age. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, he's the one. <laughs> he's the one. <laughs> and also, later, this doesn't happen in this episode, but later, Victoria talks about the fact that Frankie lost like 100 pounds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he had like a book come out about dieting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They all had like little business ventures. They should have been selling gel. That's what they should have been selling. <laughs> I wonder what it feels like to be a reality. Like, for these boys, especially, I mean, can you imagine how much it hurt for them to even see Polly D on TV? <laughs> that felt like? I mean, honestly, can you imagine what it felt like when they had, it was pre-social media, They it was pre-endorsement deals for reality TV stars. Yep. It was pre-reality stars making millions of dollars from being on TV and being drunk. It was like, pre-them, like, even being able to cross over to main to mainstream media because, yeah. remember, you'd be on a reality TV show in 2004 and everyone would be like, okay, so now you can never be in a movie ever in your life. Yeah, you'll never act. You'll never have a real career. You have to just keep doing. Now you have to go in the surreal life every time they ask you to be on it. <laughs> and you have no options. You You will literally ruin your life by being on this show that paid you dust today he would have been on the challenge like they would have been like i want to pull people from the goddies like <laughs> oh my god like he would have they would all have such illustrious careers because there's so many of them and yeah. they would all be able to be exploited in a bunch of different ways yeah you know like i it would Gotties be so take different. miami yeah oh my god yeah <laughs> the goddies go to work yeah they would have had a goddy spinoff show where they're finding romance yep 1000. Oh yeah, that would have happened. They certainly would have had a they certainly would have had their own gel. Like they 1000%. They, they would have had all of that stuff. And I bet you right now if we go into John's iMessages, there is a a message that he sent to someone as soon as Jersey Shore came out that says, "I walked so that the situation could run." Absolutely. <laughs> because he did. He did. I mean, honestly, they would never get the credit for it because nobody cares, but, no. you know, I mean, and I know that the, you know, the producer of Jersey Shore, like, she grew up there, so this was her life already. It's not like sure. she didn't know, you know. But the, the pup deal. was primed by the goddies. Yeah, like, the the idea that, like, the public would be so enthralled by, like, Guido culture, it was like, oh, okay, well, then I'll do it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm glad I did this too. It's just, it's one of those shows, it's one of those shows that like, if I bring up growing up Gotti to you and you're like, my favorite was Frank. If like, if you tell, if you immediately like yeah. go there with me, I know you're my people. And exactly. if, if you go, what the fuck are you talking about, Princess? I'm like, okay, all right. Didn't make it yeah. friend. <laughs> yeah. You don't get me. <laughs> so just to close this out, Victoria goes on her date. Um, the guy seems fine. Like, he seems like the... I think Victoria really wants... She really wants a mob guy. That's what she wants. That's yeah. who she's been with. That's who her family... That's what her father... She thinks her father is the best thing since sliced fucking bread. Even And she's always like, well, he did business this way. I'm like, he was a murderer. A yeah. murderer <laughs> and a drug dealer. Stop. Like, 
I saw a little bit of the next episode because I was finishing writing something. And they go, they deliver a TV into Frankie's room and they open Frankie's room. Frankie has an altar to John Gotti in his room. Like just oh, tons of pics. And I'm like, he was a murderer, guys. Like, they're like, he was misunderstood. He was a good family man. But he also like killed a lot of fucking people. When Sammy the Bull is testifying against him, he is just naming person after person after person after person that was murdered on behalf for John Gotti. Right. And so like, I feel like, but that's the type of dude she wants. She is somebody, you know what she's like? She's like, Liz has talked about this. Um, I think she says it's Jesus and Meryl that say this, but that girl who wears uh, scrubs to work, but dates a drug dealer. And like, she, she wants a bit of respectability. She wants things, she's, she wants to be separate from the mafia, but she wants a dude that lives that life. Hell yeah. And the dates that keep showing up are like money managers from right. Connecticut. And I don't... I don't know. I don't think, I don't think they flood her basement. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's gotta be weird to be like, you'll never get me unless you've murdered. (laughs) (laughs) But you know that that's like what she's thinking on these dates. Like this guy is like so fucking lame. And if he really knew me, like if he really knew the shit that runs through my mind, if he really knew the shit that I've seen, the shit that I've done, the shit I've covered up for people, yeah. he would be running for the hills, you know? She's sitting there thinking, like, if this waiter got smart with us, would he pistol whip him, or would he just sit here like a pussy? Like- yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, like, for real, you know she's thinking shit like that. Yeah, and so it's not... He and protect he, me. He offers to take her bowling. She's offended by that. I was like, I'd like to go bowling. I'd like to go anywhere right now. So, like... If he would buy me some nachos and, like, take me bowling, i go. Shit, I'm married. i go. She's also, by the way, wearing quite possibly the most Victoria Gotti outfit on this date. Yes. Like a, it's like a, it's like a 90s. Prom dress. That's what Prom like. dress <laughs> that she, like, has been holding on to for, a, you know, a decade. Mm-hmm. And this massive sash. Like, She's one of those women that thinks cloaking herself in a sash makes her look really chic. <laughs> you know, where it's it's really just like, it, it doesn't, I can't do it. Well, it goes with her bangs. Like <laughs> It does. It, it very much does go with her bangs. You can't have that hair and just <laughs> wear regular clothes. You have to like, <laughs> it's got to work together. <laughs> it's true. It does very much go with her bangs. It's true. <laughs> I guess, so she's not into it. He hasn't pistol whipped anybody. He doesn't have a bag of cocaine in his pocket that he's trying to sell to people at the restaurant. Right. So she's she's over it. And so she goes in the bathroom. And the fact that she was on a payphone, first of all, this is so old. I haven't seen a payphone (laughs) in forever. And then also, like, right now, do you know how much money you'd have to pay me to press my ear against a a public surface? (laughs) (laughs) No, I know. Ugh. You never saw people wipe payphones off before they used them back in the they day. They didn't. I remember this girl was telling the story about her first cell phone, and she was living in New York, and she went to go use a payphone, and she goes to put it up against her ear. She didn't even look at it, and it had shit on it, like, like literal <gasps> shit on it. And she went the next day and got a payphone. She was like, I mean, a cell phone. She was like, 
I can't live like this anymore. And oh my god. Uh. She I hope she cut that air off and threw it away because there's no way I can keep it. <laughs> Yeah, a payphone in Manhattan, like, there's literally, that's where we need to start testing for corona shit. Yeah. So, but she uses the payphone. I don't know why she doesn't use her phone. She's got a purse, but she uses the payphone to call, um, I can't imagine she went to the bathroom without her purse. What woman goes to the bathroom without her purse? I know. It was for the bit. It was a, it was a, it was a good little bit. Yeah, it was for the bit. Like, there is a, I don't, this is so long ago, but there was a, um, Vanderpump Rules storyline where Kristen went to the bathroom and left her phone on the table. And I was like, well, oh, yeah. that that's a producer storyline because nobody in their right fucking mind, maybe in their home, but even then you got to be looking at something while you're taking a poop. So like <laughs> no one in a restaurant just leaves their phone on a table and goes to the bathroom. It's, it's yeah, not- unlocked. Unlocked! Unlocked so you can look at it. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like lighting up in the middle of the table. Okay. What she got a Nokia? Like you, it's it lock, it automatically locks when you leave your like if you're not looking at your phone for even a second, the shit locks. So yeah, like ugh. anyway, so she calls on the phone somebody. I forget who she calls, and she basically gets him to give her an SOS um, call uh, to pretend like something happened, and to call her phone and be like, "I'm going to the hospital." The person wants to say that they got what? What they want to say that they got? I feel like they said they got beat up or something. And Victoria even was like, that's too much. Just say. Yeah. Don't don't, don't say all that. Just say that you need to go to the hospital. (laughs) So she gets off. She goes at the table. They have a cute little conversation about how much she's enjoying it, how she likes being real, how she says what she means. And then the phone rings. And then she sits there and lies for 30 seconds about (laughs) needing to leave. She's like, he's in the emergency room. Are you kidding me? And he's Oh my God. He's <laughs> and he's like the fool because he's like, oh my God. Can we do the, yeah. should we do this? Do we do that? And she's like, nah, just take me home. <laughs> he's like, Mater D, we have to leave. <laughs> he's like so concerned. Yeah, he's like, don't worry, I'll get a police escort to the hospital. She's like, no, no, no. <laughs> just take me back where you found me and I'll handle it from there. <laughs> Let me airlift you. <laughs> I I can't believe I couldn't wait till he sees this. Like, it, well, like I'm saying that like he hasn't seen it yet. But like, like I can't. I wish I had been there when he saw this and was like, wait a fucking second. Yeah. <laughs> so he takes. I guess he gives her a limo or whatever. They end up kissing. They end up kissing in the limo, and it was a really awkward kiss. <laughs> but it didn't seem like she didn't want to kiss him. It was a little, it was a little confusing. I feel like I left the date feeling like him. I just didn't know what she was going to call. I, I was so confused. I was like, do you hate this man? Like, did he do something so terrible to you? Oh, he suggested bowling. Okay. Which is, like, fine. It's fine. Or you could have just said, I don't like bowling. I don't like to stick my fingers in those little holes because I don't know what's been in there. Like, that's fine too. And then yeah. he would have said, oh, what do you like to do? And then you could have named some shit you like to do and he would have invited you there. Like, what the hell are you doing? She wants to be single and she wants somebody to just show up, throw her over the shoulder. Yeah. Like, that's what she's looking for. 
Yeah, she wants a, you're right. She wants a man to show up and tell her what they're doing and be really like sort of emotionally abusive because she thinks that's hot. You know, slap her and, around a little bit. Yeah, like drop like tacky amounts of money on stuff and show off and yeah. tip the waiter, you know, a wad of cash and a rubber band. Like she wants to see all that macho shit, you know? Yeah. And I understand that it's hard when you when your formative years, like what you think a partner is or what a man is. So if you're looking for men, like what you think a man is, I right. like I too like I was watching Ayama Fix My Life and mm-hmm. she had these set of twins on that look exactly the same, but one was dressed like he was gonna ruin my credit. And I was like, that's the one I like. <laughs> yeah, I want that right. one. Yes. And the other one was dressed like he had a good job and was like gonna show up on time. And I was like, Nope, I don't want none of that. I want no. <laughs> I want the one with three baby mamas. That's give me that one. <laughs> so- literally. Literally. I stay in Kevin Federline's DMs <laughs> Fingers crossed. I'll give him his seventh child. When you announce that you're pregnant with Kevin Federline's child, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. I'm going <laughs> to scream. I'm going to scream. And also, does this mean you're going to like be in the same room with Brittany because your son is going to be brothers with her sons? And like, are you guys going to go to soccer games? You know, like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> The possibilities I, of my life. Possibilities. <laughs> of what I could be. I would, first of all, I would literally, the first thing I would do is get in there and 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 stroke all of his dreams. I, that's not what you thought I was going to say. I know, it's uh, not. I thought you were going to stroke something else. Well, that too, but I would stroke all of his, I would stroke his DJing career. Oh. I'd be like, let's dust the, let's blow the dust off Popozow and get that fucker back on the internet. Let's oh really. Popozow. Let's oh really God. hone in on your on your passions. You were an amazing DJ. Wasn't that Filipino hip hop? Wasn't that what that was? It was a Brazilian rum shaker. <laughs> Why was Kevin Federline from? Isn't he from like Bakersfield, California? <laughs> doing Brazilian rum shaker music. <laughs> Oh my God! I never <laughs> thought about him sitting at that at that like control in the booth, like yes. oh my trying God, to explain yes. what Popo Zao means. And me, I don't know how old I was, but I was like, okay, I guess he's doing this. All right. So you're saying you would be at his DJ, you like, so he'd be DJing, and you'd be like the only one in the crowd, like just living for it. Just it'd be him at the booth, and you in an empty dance floor, and you just be like hyping him up. One thousand percent. Okay. One thousand percent. I would make him feel like the like an, the ultimate man for sure. Do you think he still dances? Oh, for sure. So, like at the house with all those fucking kids and all the extra weight he's got on now, do you think he like breaks it down in the kitchen sometimes? I think yeah, in his house he does for sure. I think so. Okay. okay. I do. I think that he like especially if he's like alone. Okay. He like Kevin gets it. Yeah. Do you do you think he ever gets corn rolls anymore? Because <laughs> he had him a lot. <laughs> no, he. Do you remember he used to like he had him so much that he would do like wacky ones. Yes, with the extra with the designs and shit in them. Yeah, like, like the Z's and the. Him and Ludacris had probably had the same hair. <laughs> His cornrows. It's like honestly, it's so triggering to me when I have to do Britney stuff and I have to look at him. 
and I'm like, I hate that I'd fuck him. I hate Girl, him. Girl, me too. There's, there's, there's nothing I love more than a white man in cornrows who oh. knows how to dance and who will be like, let's go to Popeye's real quick. I'd be like, yeah, let's go, oh, wow. daddy, let's go. Like, there's nothing. And, like, you know that, like, his whole appeal, like, the reason he's allowed to act like that is because he will literally fuck the shit out of you. Yeah. Like, you know he was just, like, fucking the shit out of Britney to the point that she was, like, losing her mind. Yeah. And she couldn't handle it. She'd never had anything like that in her life. And that's his power. I used to say all the time, Kevin is the actual definition of big dick energy. He defines what it means. I when you did all your episodes and stuff on them, I fully empathize with Brittany because I too have been digmatized. Like, just, <laughs> just trash. Absolute fucking trash. But damn, could he put it down. Like, right. <laughs> like you, sometimes we'd be in the middle of arguing about something that was just like absolutely, like I was absolutely in the right. He was absolutely wrong. Like, this dude never worked and i gave him my money to pay the electricity bill and he never paid it never told me bought weed with it and then oh my the lights got cut off he was like oh i don't know what happened i don't know what happened and i've literally been in a situation with him where I, we've been going through it and i just was like just fuck me just fuck me because yeah like, i know i know that you don't respond to logic i know just go ahead and fuck me so I remember why I'm still here. Literally, like, fuck me so I remember why I allow you in my fucking home, you asshole. Like, the best dick. And not, and in case my husband hears this, no, I'm not saying it's better than you. I'm saying that he just <laughs> absolute fuckboy dick that, like, yep. I, and, and, like, this dude, I dated him for seven years. He got one of my friends pregnant, and I continue to date him. Like, oh my god! <laughs> so I just want you to think about the type of dick you he had that he got a close friend of mine pregnant during our tenure together. I stayed friends with the fr- I stayed friends with the friend and continued to have sex with him. I'm so happy you get it. <laughs> like, definitely. So like, like Kevin Federal. Thank God he was over there in California. I don't know. <sighs> All he he had to do like one of those little popping moves or whatever. He'd just moonwalk past me or something with his cornrows and I would just <sighs> Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? He's also like a guy that only works in the early two thousands. Like Oh no, he couldn't do it today. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't do it today. He couldn't have done it before. It was like right at the perfect time it hit. Like him wearing wife beaters and like oh, fucking sweatsuits. Sw- oh my god, those like low those like low hanging gray sweatpants with no. Do un- you remember when he would like oh. go out all the time with no underwear and sweatpants, and his yes. dick was like a water bottle in his pants, and it was just like, wow. Yes. This man yes. wants you to understand and to know I'm broke. I'm I'm a I'm a po dunk hillbilly from fucking Fresno. I have nothing. Oh, Fresno, that's where he's from. Fucking Fresno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's like I have a big dick and I'm I have a good jawline, oh and that's God. all I need. Oh my god, and like. <laughs> Obviously, you've talked extensively about what went down between Kayvet and, and Brittany, but right. think about if they had been able to make that work. Like, had she been able to like be Brittany, work, continue to like bring in like a ton of money, continue to be like this 
incredible supernova pop star and all right. he had to do was like follow her around and like dick her down in her trailer and like drive cars she bought for him like that's all he had to fucking do like yeah it's possible i mean he would have cheated on her certainly obviously for sure but it's possible they could have been together for a fucking decade it's also so like it's like of course he would have cheated on her and it just shows that it doesn't really matter who you are or like what the circumstances like men are just fucking like straight men are just trash at the end of the day a lot of the times and it's like you're dating britney spears you came from nothing and now you have everything and britney is like really sexual and like down to like and into you like into you like like, and she's like down to like hook up with other people with you yeah you know what i mean like you you have the chillest, hottest, most wealthy girlfriend, and you're still gonna cheat with like a gas station attendant. You right. know what I mean? That's he you, absolutely you. would have. He absolutely would have climbed through the Popeyes drive-through and fucked that girl in there because yes. that's it's inevitable. It's inevitable. Yes. Which is, I mean, listen. When I was stigmatized, I often said to myself, I was like, he continues to cheat on you. He cheated on me with a girl named that we called rerun because she had a red beret and looked like rerun from what's happening like <laughs> she and that girl would knock on my apartment door in the middle of the night and be like hey is so-and-so here and i'd be like what do you want and she'd be like oh um i just want to see if i can borrow a cigarette real quick and he'd be like oh i'll be right back like literally this happened and we we were together another year after that like <laughs> he's like i'm just gonna go give her a cigarette really quick in her car yeah i'm gonna give her she lived in our apartment complex i'm gonna go give her a cigarette really quick a cigarette i bought he had no money like <laughs> so i just want everybody listening to this like oh my God. i i know a lot of you are like princess i think of you one way and maybe you think of me that way but you've only known me in my late 30s you didn't right. know me when i was 20 years old and yeah. like cops had to come and break up a fight and they told him to leave but then he came back and then he pushed me out and like locked the door behind me so i had to walk with no shoes on in the middle of the night in my pajamas to the wiener snitchel where i was going to use a payphone to call who the fuck i don't know because i didn't I didn't have my numbers. I didn't have my little, my address book that I needed. Yeah, yeah, my black book. Yeah, and the cops were at the Wiener Central eating and were like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, well. <laughs> and they drove me back to the house. They knock on the door. They're like, we told you to leave earlier. And he's like, well, she came and found me and told me she wanted me to have this place and she wanted to leave. And I don't know why she did that. And I'm screaming from the cop car, no, I didn't. He oh, didn't. my God. Just know that that whatever you think of me now, like, I evolved from that. Like, that was my daily. <laughs> so, like, guys, it can happen for you, too. <laughs> yeah. Yes, many of you listening are in a digmatized situation, yeah. and we're rooting for you, hon, and it'll, it'll get better. It'll get Eventually, better. you'll realize that there's out there maybe not but you'll realize that there's other dick well the first thing you should do is stop fucking him because that's part of the yeah. problem yeah break the cycle break the cycle <laughs> <laughs> so, like, thank you so much for coming on and talking about everything but growing up coffee <laughs> yeah like this is i'm so sorry
not your fault. This is my podcast. This is how it goes. Even when I'm okay. by myself, I spend. I think the last few ones I've spent, I've started off with, and here's what I think about Bobby Brown now. And here's what right. You know, I know. I love it. I'm actually, it's like so fucked up. I'm literally going to hang up with you and then continue listening to you. <laughs> so <laughs> that's dark. I'm like, I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> Troy, that's so funny coming from the celebrity Troy McGeady. So, oh <laughs> <laughs> so Troy, tell everybody where to find you, how to get in touch, how to listen to your amazing podcast. Yeah, so my podcast is called Dunzo, D-U-N-Z-O, exclamation point. The exclamation point actually does help when you're searching. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's wherever you can find podcasts on Stitcher and Apple iTunes what it's on iTunes and Stitcher and all this stuff um and yeah I'm just on the internet at Troy McEady M-C-E-A-D-Y and uh yeah awesome thanks Troy I'm gonna have you back on I'm gonna get over my starstruckness I'm gonna like I'm thinking about next season doing I'm I think I'm gonna revisit Real Housewife of Miami maybe I think like I feel like it doesn't, like, season two, like, I should do season two. I feel like we need to see how it should be done because what we're getting is bullshit. And I want people to remember that there used to be a cast that was so fucking fine. The entire cast was hot as shit. And that they did things like, she beat me to the tweet. And they hit each other. Like... We need to, I think I'm going to do that. And I want to have you back when we talk about it. I so. would love to. Okay. Have you done yet? Did I miss that? Did I have done what? Have you done DC? No. No, I have not talked about DC. I have not talked about, uh, what is that? The Salahis? I have not talked about them. Girl, I will come back whenever you want. Literally. Okay. Anytime. Okay. Okay. Uh, you guys heard that, right? You heard it. <laughs> it's, done. It's, done. it's a done deal. All right. <laughs> Thanks, <What> <laughs>